This is 680 CJOB. Hello, it's Christian O'Mel, host of the CJOB Sports Show. We're doing the podcast now. Why not, right? Got the technology to. So every night, morning after the sports show, we'll share our favorite couple segments from the show. Three good segments for you to listen to in case you missed it last night. Of course, you can always go to the audio vault on cgoe.com. 7 to 9 p.m. is when the CGOE Sports Show runs. You can always dig it up there. But we'll take the uh, bite-sized version of it for the podcast. Today, the latest on Ryan Fry taking a step back from Team Brad Jacobs. Also, a great initiative by the Winnipeg Westman women's volleyball team called Handbags of Hope. And a smelly controversy. The Grand Slam of darts overseas. That's all on the Sports Show Podcast. Yesterday at the end of the show, I mentioned how Jamie Cooey's team, which Brad Jacobs' vice Ryan Fry was playing on for the weekend, got kicked out of the Red Deer Classic for being too drunk. Today, more followed as the World Curling Tour has completed its investigation and settled on discipline following the incident. In a review of the facts, interviews of the with the club and tournament officials, I'm quoting from the WCT here, submissions from fans and in a discussion with a number of the involved players, it was deemed that Jamie Cooey was intoxicated to a degree where he was unable to play one of the games. Chris Chilly and DJ Kidby were found to be involved in trying to keep the situation under control rather than causing an additional nuisance. Ryan Fry's behavior, however, was the reason for the team's dismissal from the event, both on the ice resulting in broken brooms, multiple, as well as actions in the clubhouse where his behavior was deemed inappropriate, leading to the team being asked not to return. Unprecedented that that happened. As a result of these actions, Fry issued a $1,000 fine, which will be directed to Red Deer Junior Curling. In addition, Fry has chosen to take a step back from curling to get himself right and work through the issues he acknowledges led to his poor decisions. Now, this is a statement from Ryan Fry. Quote, I spent the last few days reflecting on what happened during the Red Deer Curling Classic. It has made me take a hard look in the mirror to understand what fueled my unprofessional actions. I'm committed to taking every possible step to ensure that this never happens again and to make amends to those that I have negatively impacted. I will be making a donation to the Red Deer Curling Center's Junior Curling Program as one of those steps. In addition, I will be giving back to my community with the hope that my story will help anyone dealing with similar issues. I would very much like to thank my family, Team Jacobs, and everyone who has reached out to me during this incredibly hard time, your support has meant the world to me. Due to recent events, we know what those events are, I have decided to take a leave from Team Jacobs. As hard as this is, I will need to focus my full energy on my growth and self-improvement. I wish the team nothing but success while they compete in my absence. There is no confirmed time for my return, but I am extremely committed to doing everything possible to rebound. And then Team Jacobs... With this, to our fans' followers, we support Ryan's decision to take the necessary time right now to focus on himself. This is more important than our sport. Our focus is what is best for Ryan personally. He is not just our teammate, but one of our good friends. We believe how Ryan is handling everything is a true reflection of his character. We will miss Ryan not being on the ice with us for at least the next two upcoming events, but we will be in communication with him throughout this time, supporting him personally, and we'll take it one day at a time. Our team will be still competing in the upcoming Canada Cup and Grand Slam events in December, pretty big events, and we will announce who will be playing with us for those events in the coming days. So, he made a mistake. 
You got too drunk. Alcohol is associated with curling in almost every sense. It's kind of your textbook beer league sport in Canada. There's slow pitch, there's hockey, and there's curling, right? And for those outside, when they saw this story, they thought, you can't be too drunk to curl. You're supposed to be drunk to curl. That's not true, of course. And these are top-notch pro athletes, right? Has any other athlete in any sport got been drunk at work in a sporting event? I would assume so, especially in the past. 2018, I'd be less inclined to believe that, especially you look at Ryan Fry and how in shape he is and that Brad Jacobs team. They are one of the most muscular teams on the curling tour. Being in shape, being healthy is really critical to their success. And that doesn't mean they don't drink, right? How athletes perform off the ice, what they do, we don't know. They're humans, and humans make mistakes. And Ryan Fry has made a mistake, and he's acknowledged it. I think he's been as contrite as he could be. He's been honest with this, and I don't think people should pile on him about this. If this incident had happened closer to the briar and the playdowns to go to the briar, would he have stepped away? I'm not sure, but... The reality is it's the opening year of the four-year Olympiad. If you want to be a cynic, you could do that. But I think for Ryan to step away from the limelight, it's a good PR move, but it's also probably a good personal move for him as well. And we just want him to be fine, want him to be healthy, want him to not make these kind of mistakes again and be back and on the ice. So the University of Winnipeg, the women's volleyball team, they're doing something called Handbags of Hope. What is that? Well, to learn more, I caught up with second-year right side Taylor Clayson after the team's practice this afternoon. Okay, so um, Handbags of Hope is basically a project for need of helping women um, that face hardship in our city, Uh, mainly women in shelters, but also uh, other women in need escaping different uh, situations such as domestic violence. And kind of the gist of it is to get gently use handbags and purses and fill them with necessities such as socks, mitts, gloves, shampoo and conditioner, deodorant, Kleenex, all that kind of stuff. Um, just kind of the essentials to fill a bag and give a woman a little bit of uh, joy, I guess, in the Christmas season. Is this a relatively new idea or has this been going on for a while? Um, so for the past two years, I believe that it's been a project been going on. Um, it started with Sherry Sally, I believe her name is, and Brandy Neves um, and Sherry Turner. Um, and eventually that was passed on this past year to Sharon Evans, um, a family friend of mine, as well as my mom and lots of other ladies that have now come together to make this a really big project. So I think it's about two years now that it's been going. And this so will you, be the third winter, I think. And so you're connected to it in that way. Why did the volleyball team get involved? So uh, my mom is very good friends with Sharon Evans, who kind of picked up Handbags of Hope this past year. Um, and just trying to get lots of people involved, both men and women, really, whoever can contribute. But um, just through the grapevine, we figured that with my connection to the university and the volleyball team and the different sports teams, that it could be spread that way as well. So last year with my mom, the two of us decided that it would be a good idea to start the initiative in the University of Winnipeg as well. Are handbags something that a lot of women have a lot of? I don't know personally, but is that something that most women have, maybe an extra one that they haven't used in a while? I would definitely say for sure there are a lot of moms out there that have like seven or eight purses that they haven't used in the past couple of years. So 
I mean, you it's like clothes. You you got one that's in style, right? And then a couple months later, a couple years later, you're not using it anymore. So, um, yeah, there definitely are lots of extras. Um, but yeah, for those who don't have extra handbags, they're they're relatively cheap too. And even we have the need for um, the different items that I mentioned that we'll accept without the purse as well. So both of those go a long way. Yeah, it's more than just the handbag. It's what's inside of them. And also I see on the list on the website of suggested items, a, a note of good cheer could also be included in the package. Yeah, definitely. And that's been something that's been really nice to see. Um, makes it a little more personal and gives a woman out there a connection to someone else and ties ties the person who is getting receiving the donation and also the person who is donating the bag themselves. So if people want to donate, uh, where do they go to do this? Is it at the volleyball games that co- are coming up? Yeah, so there's a volleyball game November 23rd, which is this Friday, I believe, November 20th. Yep. November 23rd, Friday, right? Yeah, yep. yep, this Friday. Um, the volleyball games will be a table set up up top of Duckworth, kind of the track where you go and sit down, and we'll just collect bags there. Um, I know my mom will be there, and maybe a couple other ladies or anyone else who's willing to help um, as well as December 1st, the UW basketball games, which start at 5, uh, and this weekend's volleyball games, which start at 6. So those are the two UW drop-off times this weekend and the following weekend, um, as well as Dakota Community Center November 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. is having a drop-off. Um, Sturgeon Heights Community Club November 27th from 6 to 9 p.m., and Century Arena, November 28th, 6.30 to 8.30. So there's definitely a couple options out there for drop-offs. How has your uh, volleyball season gone so far? Pretty good, yeah. We're um, we're headed into a weekend against uh, Mount Royal, which should be pretty good. We're hoping to, I mean, solidify our spot here for playoffs as we continue. So we'll need to get some wins under our belt. Hopefully with this weekend, we can pull two off Friday, Saturday night. You are part of the uh, one win last year. So how did it feel to get the two wins under your belt already this year i mean it's definitely an improvement from last year but um we're not necessarily satisfied with that we want to keep going i feel like we're a lot more capable this year last year we had nine rookies on our team um so a lot of people that were inexperienced with the university because it is a totally different game so i feel like now that we have advanced to second years and that our teams got a little bit of a an older I guess, more veteran position to it, I feel that we'll be able to do a little bit better with a little more experience under our belt. So it's a team on the rise. Yeah, definitely. All right, Taylor. Well, thanks for your time. Great work with this initiative, and best of luck at the volleyball games this weekend. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Man, did I sound sick there. In case you missed it, and I know you didn't, but in case you did, Scottish dart player Gary Anderson defeated Dutchman Wesley Harms 10-2. Turn a spot in the quarterfinals of the Grand Slam of Darts. Yes, the second week on the show where we've talked about the Grand Slam of Darts. Let me inform you, in case this is news to you. The match was not without a whiff of controversy. In a post-match interview, Harms, the guy who lost, claimed that he wasn't able to play to the best of his abilities because there was a terrible smell on stage that likely came from the posterior of his opponent. He said Anderson left a, quote, fragrant smell behind and that it will take him, quote, two nights to lose this smell from his nose. Now, those might seem like harsh comments come from a frustrated loser, but that's not as though Anderson did a great job defending the honor of his rear rather than play the whoever smelt it dealt it card. The Scotsman, and he has a significant accent, so bear with me, went some serious lengths to deny any and all accusations. Just spoke to Wesley, and besides that, he said you were a class player, and you let him alive in the first session. He said that it was smelly on the stage. I thought Wesley had farted on stage. Yeah. 
Did he? No. He, he, well, I think he thinks you did it. I thought he had shit and I went, that's dirty. It was bad. It was bad? It was bad. Yeah. It was a stink. I thought it was him. And he started playing better. I went, must have needed to get some wind out. Yeah. And he thought it was you? Oh, no. Hands up. Swear on my kid's life. So help me God. Nothing crossed. But it was smelly anyway? It was smelly. Usually if I fart on stage, I sh** myself. And you know that, because I've told you in a documentary, ain't scared to... If, if I'd farted, it smelled like that. I'd put my hands up and go, oh, sorry, I need to get so off. So who was it then? Well, don't tell me. You've got enough three boys up there. So... <laughs> no, it definitely came from, It was table side. And it was. It was eggs. Rotten eggs. <laughs> Not from you? Not from me. No. No. And every time we walked past, it was a waft of rotten eggs. So that's why I was thinking it was some. Again... See in this interview, the the look of frustration builds in Anderson's eyes. The interviewer continues to press him about the possibility of his past cast. That's what journalists do. Those important follow-up questions trying to hammer to the bottom of this. We shovel through the poop. Anderson's cracks started the show near the end when he got into the details of where the smell was specifically coming from, what it smelled like, details that maybe he should have given within the first couple questions. He probably thought it was going to be 20 seconds, and then bang. Kind of looks like uh, maybe he's guilty. I mean, innocent until proven guilty, of course, but the Scottish Dart player's actions don't seem consistent with that of an innocent man. However, he was the winner, even if his nostrils were not. Brought to you by Mr. Fern. If it's... Let's try that again. It's like you start slipping off the road, you try to correct it, and then you're in the ditch. That's what just happened there. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. This is 680 CJOB.